I'm going to go out on a limb and say something that you are probably not expecting me to say, and I think it might fly in the face of some things that we all hear. I think you need more stress in your life. <laughs> there, I, I said it. I, I think that stress is sometimes villainized, but it is not always a bad thing. My name is Valerie McKeon. I'm the host of the Dear Creative Soul podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today and listening. I like to envision you sitting at my kitchen table, having a cup of tea, talking about creativity and all of of the things that come with living a creative life. So yeah, I I said it. I, I think that sometimes... We have this idea that stress is all bad. We need to run from it as much as possible. And if, if something feels stressful, nope, that's, that's a wrong turn. We shouldn't go down that path. And I don't think that's the case. I think where it gets sticky is in the sustained stress which causes burnout and the overwhelm and staying in that high-producing, constant state of stress. That's where we get in trouble. We get into those fight-or-flight modes and we have cortisol rushing through our bodies, this constant state of stress. That is a bad thing. However, I think it can go the other way too. And without having an exertion, without having those things that come up in our lives that we have to creatively problem solve and overcome, we can equally become low and in bad places and low energy in a different way with the underuse. In the last episode, I talked about a book that really did change my life. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into that book and some of the concepts today. The book is The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lahr and Tony Schwartz. They speak a lot about engaging in your life and in your work in terms of being an athlete. I played soccer almost my whole life. I I played college soccer and there was something about those metaphors that just really did speak to me and made sense to me. Because when you're gearing up for a game, I also ran track and maybe even more so in track, it was apparent because that was more of a solo sport than a team sport. You would need to give it your all. I ran the 100 meter, which is just a complete all and out sprint. And also the 400 meter dash with the same. You just, you went. And I can't tell you how many times at the end of of that race, especially the 400 meter, I I was not good. I, I left it all on the track and I was spent and I had to recover from that. I, I, You couldn't keep going. You gave it all and then you stopped. When we think about creativity in this way, it actually makes sense because when we're creating, we're pouring out, we're giving it all we have. It's like an athlete performing, 
putting just this mental energy, we might not be so exerted physically, but I've definitely felt that mental drain of when you're trying to creatively problem solve or maybe you're spending time on your craft and it isn't working out and you can't figure out why and you can feel that frustration just building and building and building. It's easy to push through that and continue adding adding that stress and there's a time for that when you you feel like nope I got to push through I got to make this happen I have to welcome this stress welcome this problem solving so that I can get to the other side but then there are those times when we have to say no 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 I need to stop this was an exertion like an athlete I just ran the 100 meter dash and now I need to rest and I need to do something to replenish myself. The whole concept from the, the power of full engagement is really this idea that it's not time that so much needs our management as much as it is the energy. We've spoken about this a few times on the podcast where the time often we build up in our heads as I don't have time, I can't think about that. There's fear there a lot of times, but I think the fear even comes from a place of the energy exertion to push past that fear feels more than we can possibly bear. So we just sink into our old routines, our old things that feel familiar. It's far too scary. It's far too overwhelming to think about jumping that hurdle of of our energy block and feeling the fear. I don't know about you, but there are so many tasks that will sit on my to-do list for weeks and months. Why am I procrastinating on this thing? And I'll look at it and even say to myself every day, oh, I need to do this thing. I need to do this thing. But it's it's constantly the item on my list that gets pushed off. Maybe you have that thing hanging out on your to-do list too. And then finally, one day you're either forced to do it or you are up against a deadline or whatever the case is and you have to do it. And then it takes you five minutes and you think, oh my goodness, why did I build this up in my head as being this larger than life thing? It seemed like it was going to just be this huge drain, but it, it wasn't. Why, why did I procrastinate all of this time? And I think that's true. Another example of why time often isn't our biggest enemy, it's more so the energy or the perceived energy that we think we're going to have to spend in order to do something. This is the other interesting thing and why I, I said stress is not a bad thing. We need that stress because energy can be diminished and low with both the overuse and the underuse. Again, we can get into places of burnout and 
white knuckling through and just muscling through. I know for me, I, I had a mindset for a really long time that things needed to be hard. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I started feeling that way, but it was just this overarching feeling of, I, I've got to work hard. This has to be hard. If I'm not white knuckling my way through and getting this done and hustling harder and pushing through to the next level, then somehow I was doing something wrong or I, I wasn't deserving of, of creating a business. But that is one side of the coin with stress that can lead to to burnout and overwhelm and living in that constant state of fight or flight. But the other side of it, if we're not letting ourselves go there, we're not letting ourselves feel the discomfort of what it's like to be frustrated and maybe we we don't even want to push through the barrier of trying that new thing or taking that first step because we fear the stress that could be on the other side we fear the discomfort of what if i'm not good at it what if i waste my time then that can lead to a low feeling In another way, we start to feel very disengaged. We feel purposeless. We feel just low and depressed and empty and feeling like I I have something more inside of me. Why, Why do I feel this sluggishness of the heart or even sluggishness physically? If the overuse is not what we want, the underuse is not what we want, that means we need this in-between of the stress to fuel us, to get us going, help us feel excited and purposeful and all of those wonderful things, but then back that up with the rest and the replenishment to fill ourselves up. I just love the the metaphor of the athletes and we can look at, e- at each other as these creative athletes ready to go, ready to pull, put it all on the line, ready to put it all out there and then know that the rest and the replenishment, that's not even a reward. We can't think of it as a reward. It's a necessity. That's the cycle. That's what it takes to be able to perform at that type of a capacity. We're not meant to be in a constant expenditure or underuse of energy. And I think that even just looking toward the world and the universe and the way things work, we can so clearly see that. We live in such a rhythmic and cyclical universe We have circadian rhythms and seasons and moon cycles and these constant examples of cycles and rhythm and rest and renewal and and harvest. I think about gardening. Gardening has 
taught me so much about this concept, probably more than anything. And it's amazing ever since I've I've started a garden. I've, I've more appreciated this idea of there's a time to sow, to sow the seeds and you're laying the groundwork, but it all just looks like dirt and it doesn't look like anything's happening, but you keep putting in that effort and then it starts to grow and then you start to see a little bit coming up out of the ground. And then before you know it, it's harvest and I'm bringing in buckets of blooms and I, I can't keep up with it. But then it it fades. It it goes away. It's time to put the garden to bed and to rest for the winter and knowing that it's all going to start again in another cycle. We are not meant to be constantly outputting, constantly in in harvest mode. And this speaks to I think the grander picture of our lives where there are definitely those seasons of our lives where we are in harvest mode and nothing is perfectly balanced. There are those times where it's just a heavily exertion time in our lives. But then there are those times where we're in more of a rest and a replenishment and an input season where we're just reading a lot. We're filling ourselves up. Maybe we're not being so outwardly productive, but we're tending to our own gardens in our hearts and getting ready for that next season. And we can think about that as as the grander picture of our lives. And we can also boil that down to the rhythms and the cycles of our day-to-day life where we can exert, we can feel that, that stress and accomplishment, and then we rest and we slow it down. We give ourselves the things that feel really good to fill that well back up. So what's the answer? How do we balance this idea of stress and exertion and then rest and replenishment? And the rest and replenishment is just as important. The answer, according to the power of full engagement and something that I've employed in my own life and just love the concept, is through rituals, is through routines, and through habits so that we can use those things to help us manage our energy in a way so that when we're on, we're on. When we're off, we're off. The ritual of it is what almost lets us be on autopilot a little bit when it comes to those things so that we're not burning calories and energy to figure these things out. And I said before how I had this mindset that this has to be hard and I need to just feel this way and and I can't stop. I got to keep going and I, I have to keep working hard. But I learned, no, that is not the case. It can feel good. We can work hard. We can feel the sense of accomplishment, but then feel the sense of rest and filling ourselves back up. In fact, creating in that way 
when I'm when I'm feeling good, when I'm setting myself up for success to exert myself, then it can even sometimes feel easy or just enjoyable to be exerting in that way and not just the feeling of banging my head against the wall when it's the constant. When we can bring habit and routine and ritual to our creative practice, that might sound very constricting to an artist and a creative But actually, when we can bring those habits to our practice, that will open up room for the magic to come. That will open up the the energy that you need to expend so that you can be available to get in the flow, to experience the spontaneity and the joy of creating. Think about this. Just going through your everyday life, there are so many things that we already have on autopilot, we probably don't even think of it at all, like brushing our teeth in the morning. Half the time, you might not even realize that you did brush your teeth because it's just so routine, you don't have to think about that anymore. And good thing, because what if... Every little decision in our lives, every single move needed to carry a mental load with it. And we had to write things like brush your teeth and take a shower on our to-do list. I'm kind of chuckling to myself because I'm about to have a newborn here and I I may have to put those things on my to-do list. That's very possible. But normally, we don't have to write these things on a to-do list as something that we have to hold in our brains to get done. We just do them. We have our nightly routines. We have our morning routines. And it frees up that mental space to be able to do other things. What if we take that into our creative practice? What are some things that we can almost create on autopilot, the the brushing your teeth of creativity so that there's room for spontaneity and magic and you can show up present with the extra mental capacity because those things are, are handled already. One of the big things for me is having a studio space that's ready to go. I don't have to have the the mental load of getting my paper ready on my easel or having an organized place where I'm not just searching for my masking tape when when I need it to create and allowing myself that gift of just having a ritualized behavior around how I set up my easel, how I set up my station so that I can just walk in and get get more immediately in the flow. The other part of, of creating a routine, I think there are definitely the mundane things that we can put on autopilot to just really help us Then there's another part of routine 
that can set us up mentally for success. And I know I'm talking a lot about athletes, but when you think about an athlete that's preparing to perform, they sometimes have these rituals. Well, they will maybe eat a certain meal before they they perform or do a certain type of ritual. (laughs) I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head. We can do those same things for our creative practices. These things that make us feel really, really good. And even in just going through those routines, it fills us up so that we can again open up the capacity to perform. I really love having a cup of tea. There's no surprise if you've been listening. And that is one of the pieces of my creative ritual where I will just take that time, make myself a cup of tea, prepare that. I love to go into my studio that has been set up already, light a candle, put on a playlist that I really enjoy And I go through these motions almost mindlessly. I don't have to specifically think about it. It's just something that gets my brain going in that way where I can set myself up to create. Not only does that save energy so that I have more energy to then throw myself into the possible frustration (laughs) that, that can then happen in the studio, but it helps me when I don't feel inspired at all. I don't want to be in the studio. I, I don't feel like it. There's a lot going on. It helps trigger these good feelings where I can just take a moment, relax, Um, before when I shared my creative ritual that I have, somebody commented and they said it's like a spa studio. And I loved that. And that's exactly it. Creating this environment for myself that feels spa-like and feels so good. And I can tell myself that Even if it's a frustrating day in the studio, even if nothing goes right, I gave myself that gift of feeling really good and making this space nice and making this time nice. So think about those things that you can attach on to the exertion, the creating part. We can get very in our head about that part. And it can feel so daunting, so much pressure. We as creatives have a really funny way of heaping on all of this pressure, even when nobody's watching. And hopefully I'm not the only one that even if nobody's watching, you don't have to share what you produce. You you don't have to. You can throw it in the garbage. It's a it's a piece of paper. It's a canvas. It's it's whatever it is. But it feels like oh, this stress of this thing, and I I want it to work out so badly. But if we can give ourselves the gift of these creative routines that feel on autopilot, that feel really really good. 
and we don't have to think about it. We don't have to give ourselves more of a mental load. That is where we can begin to start balancing this idea of rest exertion. Fill up the cup of energy with something that is easy. You don't quite have to think about. Then exert and then rest. Starting is always going to be the hardest part. And I I think back to the first episode talking about my daughter Vienna and picking up all of her stuff and she needed to start with the glue sticks because it was too overwhelming to think of the overarching project of cleaning up all of her things. Starting is always the hardest part, but even at the smallest level of working day to day on your craft, on your project, on your creativity, if we can give ourselves just that really feel good moment, that feel good routine to get us in the zone, ritualize those things and even ritualize the mundane parts of our creative practice, whether tidying up or organizing or a certain way that you leave your your space where you create, that is all going to help replenish that energy so that you can freely create and enjoy. So this week, what can you do to implement a creative ritual or a routine into your practice? What would just feel so good? Maybe it's opening a window if it's nice where you are and just taking a moment to breathe in a little fresh air, maybe a little deep breathing practice or a stretch before you get going, just something that you can consistently work on that feels good. It has the smallest barrier to entry and just feel how how you feel and how you expand after that. Maybe you have a creative routine and there are some ideas that that you could offer. I would love to hear them. Please send me a DM at Valerie McKeon on Instagram. I would love to hear your creative routine or something that you're going to try. As I do each week, I would love to leave you with a quote. Some days, doing the best we can may still fall short of what we would like to be able to do. But life isn't perfect on any front, and doing what we can with what we have is the most we should expect of ourselves or anyone else. No surprise there, that is by Mr. Rogers. Be gentle with yourselves, friends, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. If you feel that this podcast would be helpful to somebody, I would be honored if you would share it. Thank you so much for your reviews. If you got value out of this podcast, out of this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a review and also follow me on Instagram at Valerie McKeon. I would love to connect with you there. Thank you so much again for being with me here today and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.